good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Depending on where you may be in on the world today, we thank you for tuning in to the Being Love in Action podcast. And I am your host, Kenya C. Williams of Kenya C. Williams Ministries. And we invite you today to walk with us while we walk through one of the most love-inspired texts of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, chapter, verse 6a. And this verse says, Love does not delight in evil. So walk with us and share with us while we walk through 2 Samuel 13, chapter, just for a few minutes. And we're going to talk about the relationship of David's two children, Amnon and Tamar, and how it coincides with the topic today. We know that love does not delight in evil. So we encourage you to pull out your journals, fill your coffee and teacups, sip your water, and listen with an open heart and mind while being inspired, empowered, and even challenged as we share through the gospel of Jesus Christ what it means to be love in action. Well, thank you. I'm so excited about today and about the topic that we're going to share on this 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 afternoon or this morning. Um, I pray that each one of you had a wonderful day. I pray that each one of you um, had wonderful things happen. And if you had some things happen today that maybe wasn't wonderful, I pray that when you hear this word, you're encouraged, you're inspired, and you're empowered through the word of God. And for those who are first time listeners, listen, we are excited about the word of God here at King C. Williams Ministries. And we're always looking to bring not only just the word of God, but the characters of the Bible to life so that others can see that everyday people, yes, they are famous to us now because they had a purpose and God used them to help not only, uh, become famous, but to glorify the Lord and what he did in the lives of his people. And so on today, we're talking about 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 6, verse 6a. And the verse simply says, love does not delight in evil. And what we like to do is we like to take, as I was saying, sharing with you, characters in the Bible, and we like to bring their stories to life and look at their stories in today's society and even how it it literally still can line up to some of the very things that we face on today. Amen. So let's jump into this. We're looking at the story of Amnon and Tamar. And the story is told when you get an opportunity and you can go back to 2 Samuel 13 chapter and read about it. But here's the, the, the thing that I want us to get from this as we are getting ready to get into this topic. I want you guys to be mindful of the narr- your narrative and your perspective and your actions to be reflected of the character of Christ. As believers in Jesus Christ, that should always be our aim, that our actions, our lifestyles, the things we say, they should be reflective of the character of Christ. We know that we are imperfect. We know that we will never be able to be perfect. Um, 
not in, in, in this lifetime, but there's a model and that model was Jesus Christ in, in the word of God. Amen. That gives us uh, the blueprint of the do's and the don'ts of life. It sets the standard in the tone. It gives us the, 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 uh, the idea or the ideology of, of what's right and what's wrong. It gives us some people like to say a moral compass. Amen. And so with this story, we're going to see how even when a moral compass may have been in place in someone's upbringing, there is still an opportunity because we know through the word of God that the Bible reminds us that, you know, mankind was born in, in initially after Adam and Eve into sin. Right. And so there's a sinful, always the shadow of sin that is lurking in that shadow is the enemy. The, the, the ruler of the air is, is Satan or um, Beelzebub or whatever name that you want to call him because he goes by many names. But, the, but, but I say enemy most of the time or the devil, you know, whatever name you want to use, but they're all the same person. And we know that the word of God tells us that he is the ruler of the air. And I believe that when he says that it gives us the, 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 the idea to understand that air is something that we breathe. It is something we cannot see, but we breathe it and we need it in a sense to live. Right. And, and the enemy is, is, is unseen to most people, but he is, is just as prevalent as the air that we breathe. So we got to understand that when we are talking about this topic we're talking about an influence to a character to the character of a person and through the story of Amnon and Tamar two of David's children Amnon was his eldest son and then next it was Absalom and Absalom and Tamar shared the same mother amen and that's important because through this story, as you begin to read chapter 13 and later on down the road, when you find out what happened between Amnon and Absalom, you'll understand why. Amen. So I won't I won't spill the beans. If you if you haven't read the word of God, listen, this is a great opportunity to dive in and, and get acclimated into the word of God. I tell you, it'll blow your mind when you begin to see how normal everyday people who were called for greatness dealt with regular real life issues and how how their lives um, played out. Amen. And so Amnon and, and Tamar. We look back at the scripture, which is says in first Corinthians six, um, verse six, a, it says, love does not delight in equal in evil. And I want us to look at two words, the definition delight, delight means to take pleasure in something. Uh, the synonyms of de for delight would be pleasure, glee, joy, to be well pleased with, with pleasure or to take pleasure in. And evil means profoundly immoral and wicked. Some of the synonyms of, of, of evil are bad, vile, malicious, ungodly, corrupt. So here is David, son Amnon. And if you look at, at the very beginning of, of chapter 13 of 2 Samuel, it start off by saying that, um, in the course of time, Amnon, the son of David, fell in love with Tamar, the beautiful sister of Absalom, 
son of David. Remember, this is his half-sister. They share the same father, which is David, but they have different mothers. And that's that's something I need you to un, to, to kind of remember. And as it go on, it says in the second verse that he became obsessed with his sister. That So much so, remember, I want you to remember, it says he fell in love. Love is the operative word I want us to remember and to, to, to keep um, mindful of because we know that in this chapter in chat first Corinthians 13 it tells us that love is patient that love is kind it, it does not envy it says that love does not dishonor it says that it is not self-seeking it is it is kind it is not proud so love is uh these things that have been set out for us to think about as we are are moving around in the world and we use that word right so Ammon the word tells us in 2nd Samuel 13 that he loved he was in love with his his sister now we know that we're looking at a, a different culturally um because they had different mothers that it would have been possibly okay for him to marry her now if they had the same mother and same father I don't believe that that would have been okay but they had different mothers so it would have been okay if Amnon would have went to his father David and said that I want to marry my sister I want you to remember that as well now here's what happened one of the counsels of David so this is a counsel friend of the family he goes to Amnon and says to him why do you always look upset? You look frustrated. What's going on with you, young man? And so this man tells, Amnon says to him, I'm in love with my sister. I'm in love with Tamar um, in, in, in a worse way. So here's what happens. He, this man, and that's why it's important. I want you guys to, to get this as we're walking through this text. It is important three things when it comes to understanding we already know what love is and how we we get to break down when it says love does not delight in evil there are three things we need to make sure that we have in check because what will happen is if if we don't put ourselves in check or have a checklist then our flesh will run rampant and when the flesh runs rampant, I guarantee you there is a consequence waiting for you. You may pleasure your flesh, but there is a consequence that is waiting for you after your flesh is has been pleasured. And so the first thing I want us to look at is our emotional stability. You know, it, it, it said that in, in 2 Samuel that he was in love with his sister. Now, when we say that and when he said that, I'm quite sure he was talking about a lot of the eros love the feeling of wanting she was beautiful so a lot of what he was feeling initially was emotions or lust it was not love because i'm gonna keep going back to this love does not dishonor others it is not self-seeking so we can take love out and says that he was in lust with his sister right and so he goes to someone Someone comes to him because I want us to understand that people pay attention to you. They pay attention to us. And so we got to be mindful when when we um, accept 
counsel from people. That's the second thing I want us to understand is that we must have what I call a counsel check. Accountability, right? Because we know that he wasn't in love with her. We, we've already identified that it wasn't love. It was lust. So we need to do that with ourselves. When we begin, uh, men, my brothers, as you are preparing for wives and, 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 and you're looking at looking at them, you know, and you're talking about, I, I love her. I'm in love with her. And then you need to check yourself. You know, do you really love her or, or in love with her? Or is it a lustful thing? Because, you know, what is it about her that has drawn you? Or is it all about what you're feeling and it has no real substance to it? And we know for 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 us who are believers in Christ, what is God saying in reference to that person? But right now we're talking about the flesh. You know, many times it is that flesh that initially brings um, that eye candy or that vision to the man. And I'm not saying the woman doesn't either, but we're talking about in the in the in the sense of authority and having that um, initiation of that that relationship, because a woman can lust for a man, but he can shut her down if he says, no, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not interested. And then a woman, a man can be interested in a woman and pursue her. And then she can allow him because maybe she's interested as well to be pursued. I mean, that's the normal way that it should be done. Well, it's been done and women pursue men, but that's just not me. I, I believe I, I'm old fashioned or I just believe that the Bible says a man who finds a wife finds a good thing. And I, I don't believe that, you know, it's anything wrong with a woman um, maybe letting a man know she's interested, but I don't think a woman should pursue the man because he is the man he works Men should work from strength and they're in the head. And so, you know, that's the biblical makeup. And so I just I just believe that. And so but again, some people do it. And even for women who do it, you need to make sure, hey, are you attracted to him from a lustful perspective? You know, or is it love? And that's where we have to check ourselves. And then we got to check ourselves with, you know, people that are connected to us. Right. They'll begin to say. They'll see you if you're you're obsessing. It says that he became obsessed. Being obsessed is never is never healthy. See, that's another red flag. That's not that's not godly. You know, that's not a, a spiritual thing for you to be obsessed, because then that says that I am anxious for this thing. The word of God tells us we should be anxious for nothing. You know, I, I, I have to have it, you know, it almost like a God like you know, um, feeling where you, th this thing that you want, sometimes you might feel like you die. I don't ever want to love somebody and I have never have. And I thank God for that. You know, I've heard stories where people, I've never, I never want to love something more than I love myself or I feel like I can't live without it. I have never experienced that. And I pray that I never do. I don't even want it. If it's that good or I want it that bad, uh -uh, leave it alone because 10 to one, what's going to happen is down the road that that thing that you become obsessed with, which is not a godly emotion to be obsessed like that, then something, the consequence of that thing will become detrimental. I guarantee you. I've never seen it play out in a great way. And here in this story is a prime example. So he receives counsel from a man who tells him, you know what? Pretend that you're you're sick. Go to your dad, which is King David. Tell him you want Tamar to bring you some food 
some soup and you wanted to, her to cook it for you. Now, come on. He's telling him how to plot. Literally to set up to take advantage of his sister, of the of the woman he says he loves. I want you to remember that he says he loves her. Now, this person could have simply said to him, well, listen, if you love her, bro, listen, you know, let make her your wife, because culturally that is the way that things went. You know, we're in a different dispensation. We're in a different cultural setting now. So it's not as traditional anymore. You know, people don't always get married. That's virgins, right? People have had marriages. They've had children and all of those things before. But here, you know, that was that was the, basically how it went. You didn't have sex in, unless you were married. Right. And so instead of telling him, go ahead and marry her, he's he's saying trick her into coming to you. And then you take advantage of her. So we got to be careful of the wisdom or what we perceive as wisdom, because anyone that gives you advice and, and you know that that doesn't line up to the will of God and it doesn't and it's immorally wrong. You have to really be leery of that person. And if that person really has your best interest in, in, at heart, because if somebody really has your best interest at heart, they don't want to see anything happen to you. One stupid mistake or one stupid decision or bad decision can cost you your life. Amen. And so he tells him, get her to the room. He does it. So he goes to his father. Uh, Amnon gets the OK for his sister to come in, his half sister to come in and feed her. So he sends all of the servants out. He says to his, his Tamar, listen, I want you to feed me. And in, in other words, he begins to hit on her. He tells her he wants her and she begs him and she says, brother, don't do this. Listen, dad will let you marry me. Just do it the right way, please. She pleaded with him. And what he does then now, here's the third thing. We must take our actions and be accountable for our actions. He literally, the word of God says he raped his sister. Watch this. It said that he raped her. It says that I'm, um, I, I'm trying to catch it. I'm sorry. Um, I had it and then I, okay. Okay. Let me, let me catch it. Okay. I got it now. I'm going to start at verse 11. It says, but when she took it to him to eat, he grabbed her and said, come to bed with me, my sister. Remember he was sick. He told his daddy was sick. He wanted his sister to come and feed him based off of the, the, the wisdom or what he considered wisdom counsel of an evil person. And he gets his sister and his, he says to her, come go to bed with me, my sister. And I'm reading from the NIV. No, my brother is what she says. And then in verse 12, she says, no, my brother. She said to him, don't force me. Such a thing should not be done in Israel. Immoral, evil. This is but we go back to the text. Love does not delight in evil. So now he's he's forcing his sister to participate in an evil act. Such a thing should not be done in Israel. Don't do this wicked thing thing. She tells him that it's wicked. What about me? Where could you 
what she says, what about me? Where could I get rid of my disgrace? Again, she's pleading with him because again, this is the same person that said he loved her, but now he's called, he's getting ready to dishonor her. Remember what first Corinthians says in 13 verses one through eight, starting at verse four, it says love in, in, in verse five, it said it does not dishonor others. And then it says, watch this. And, and when she says, and what about you? You would be like one of the wicked fools. She's even pleading to him. See, she loves her brother. And she would have been, I believe, even if he would have done it the right way, she would have accepted his proposal, right? She's even saying to him, don't allow your flesh to take you down this road because not only is it going to disgrace me, brother, you're going to be disgraced as well. And here's what the flesh did. And here's what the flesh did. It led him in a, in a mode that he would never recover from. And it says, uh, she said, please speak to the king. He will not keep me from being married to you. And watch this verse 14. It says, but he refused to listen to her. And since he was stronger than she, he raped her. Wow. So here is the sad part about the story. Remember, we're talking about 1 Corinthians 13, verse 6a. It says, love does not delight in evil. Amnon started off the story saying that he loved this young woman who was his half-sister. And he literally forced her to be disgraced where she lived forever, unmarried because she was considered defiled. And eventually, for those of you who don't know the story, her brother, Absalom, eventually killed Amnon for disgracing his sister. Two brothers. One act caused a domino effect of pain and murder in a family that forever changed the dynamic. But what I want you to remember is that in this story, no one won. No one won. You know, no one really won because when you look at what love really is, it does not delight in evil. It, it protects, it is patient, it is kind, it is not proud. Maybe there's been something that happened in your life and you were led by your flesh and, 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 and maybe you participated in something. I don't know what it may be. It doesn't have to be a relationship that went wrong. It could be gossiping. It could be, you know, wishing harm on someone. It could be, and watch this. Was, was Absalom wrong for wanting to um, avenge the disgrace of his sister. No, it wasn't wrong for him to feel that way. But it was wrong for him to act on it. Because the Bible tells us that vengeance is mine, said the Lord. And as a result of him acting on it, it, it caused a devastation in the family. Listen, I, I just want to share this word with you today. So that we can be mindful, as I said in the beginning... That we are to change our narrative and perspective and our actions to be more reflective of the character of Christ. 
To be love in action implies a purpose mindset to love others and to not knowingly participate in evil. We cannot say that we love God for real, for real. And then participate in, in things that we know are not right. We cannot participate in things that are not right. Amen. I hope that you were encouraged today. I hope that you were even challenged to really, really purpose to have a mindset to love others and be an example of loving action through the power of the Holy Spirit. As I always invite you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I pray that you will come to know him as Lord and Savior. Something as quickly as, as, as saying to God, listen, I am, I messed up. I am not perfect, but, and I'm sorry maybe for all the things that I have done. And I know that you love me. And because I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of Lord of God, that he rose from the dead. I believe this father with all my heart. The Bible says you will be saved. And then once you do that, I pray that you get connected to a local church body and God will bless you to get an understanding of baptism and what that means. And, and, and just be excited about being part of the body of Christ. Listen. I invite you to come back on next week to be part of the Being Love in Action podcast. And I am your host, Kenya C. Williams of Kenya C. Williams Ministries. Until next week, I pray, pray the blessings and peace of God. Amen. Listen, we are available on Podbean app and also on the iTunes app. We love you. Have a wonderful and blessed day. God bless you.